a couple years I've been on my own Now I know that I'm not alone You're giving me a reason to carry on To carry on, yeah, yeah Yeah, everything is different nowadays I lost a few ones along the way I had to learn to trust it'll be okay It'll be okay Every moment I was sure Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
may be seated. And as you're being seated, if you have served in the armed forces, um, in any of them, would you please stand at this time? We're going to put you on the spot. Thank you. That doesn't seem like enough, but thank you. And I'm, I'm looking out here and I'm seeing some people who have loved ones who've served and are serving like right now, and it kind of is a special time when we think about the, the sacrifice, the service that is done on our behalf. And in a way, it gives us a little picture of what Christ did for us 2,000 years ago. So, what a, what a gift we have. All right, Ruben, how are you today? Very good. Very good. Uh, I missed last week. I was gone. And you were here. Yeah. Rumor has it, in fact, I watched you online, and you were given a task, and it was to find some kind of gift for a family that's moving in that has a boy about your age. And I, I heard you had three choices, and you chose which one of the three? The Lego set. Why did you pick the Lego set? Because it means the most to me. Ah, okay. And I want you to hold on to that, because this idea of living generously is something that God has called all of us to do, and you did that. So thanks a lot again. And uh, I do have a, another favor to ask. Okay. You ready? Yeah. All right. I want you to be thinking, we're going to have a, a party, a dinner party, and we're going to invite that family. And I would like you to think of the things that we need to put on the table so that we could have a party. Would you do that? Yeah, that sounds really fun. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm going to have you come back later, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, thank you. Give Ruben a round of applause. It's always fun when I uh, go and ask if he wants to help, and he gives me a look like, yeah, because you never know what it's going to be. So uh, he's a, a willing spirit. All right, let me run through a lot of things. The Church Center app, our website, Next Steps, you can go and ask about these. I'm going to fly through them because we have so many things that happen in the month of November and December. It just blows my mind. But really, really important things. So let me walk through it. All right, Thanksgiving. All right, we have an opportunity as a congregation to serve and make a difference in our community. So on Thanksgiving Day, we open up our doors and we feed. And we love people. So if you would like to be a part of it, whether it's praying for this event serving at this event, giving, delivering. I mean, we will utilize the gifts that God has given you to be a blessing for others. So just let us know, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. 
Throughout the entire week of Thanksgiving, there's things to do as well as the day itself. All right, our young disciples, there are our high schoolers, they are busy. They're doing lots of different things. If you came in and you noticed the food collection drive that they have, um, I think if I heard right, because I was distracted, they've already exceeded their goal and now they're going beyond. So if you'd like to bring in non-perishable items, I know, God is good. So if you have some non-perishable items you would like to give so that they can give it to the food bank and bless other people throughout the month of November, we'll take that. And then some really quick things. Uh, child care, we're going to be watching kids so parents can go Christmas shopping. And that's going to be December 3rd. And then we'll have a gift wrapping event uh, December 9th and 10th where you can drop off uh, those items and then they'll get wrapped and then you can give them to the people that you're thinking of. I'm not sure what size box, but a Polaris slingshot could fit in a box, I heard. For those of you that don't know, just look it up online. Um, last thing is, uh, tomorrow night we're going to have a Haiti Project meeting. Uh, just catch me after the service. I'll let you know about it and where it'll be and what time. A uh, really great event, and we're looking forward to it. And that's in next year, but it's coming up, and would love your help. Oh, I think that's it for those things. Now, again, if you want to know how to submit a prayer, if you want to know um, what about a communion, what do you believe as a church, how do you take communion, uh, we have cards in front of you, we have the Church Center app, we have all different ways for you to find out. So please, please take a look at those things and be a part of what's happening. And then the last thing is we're going to be having the joy baskets passed in just a moment, and this is the premise. God has blessed every single person here with one blessing on top of another, and God takes great delight when you and me say thank you in return. And that's done so many different ways. Example, volunteering, some of these things I just mentioned, um, giving of your offerings and tithes, singing like we did, praying. Uh, so I'm going to take a time right now just to pray for our time of worship and also the heart, the heart of generosity. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you again. You have blessed us with one blessing on top of another. The fact that we are part of your family is the greatest blessing of all. So Lord, may your spirit be poured out in this room and in our hearts so that our lives would reflect how thankful we are for all that you've done. And Lord, always, may it be to your glory and further in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. All right, come on up, find a seat on the floor. All right, well, I was wondering, have any of you ever competed in a race or a sports tournament, something where there was a winner? You have? What, what did you compete in? Soccer? What place did you get? First? First place in soccer tournament? Yeah, you? Baseball? You got first? Oh, my goodness. Ruben? You ran a race? Did you place? Fifth? Yeah? And running a race? Good deal. Did you run? Or what did you compete in? Remember? Yeah? Good. Did you compete? Soccer? Yeah. So it looks like a lot of you have competed in something where there's a winner. And it's fun to win, isn't it? To come in first place? Yeah. Well, do you remember last week we talked about the greatest law? Someone asked Jesus, out of all 613 laws, which is the greatest? Which came in first? And Jesus said, well, really, there's, there's two places. There's one, the greatest law, to love God with all your heart. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So out of all 613 laws, he says, there's really two that sum it all up. Well, did you know that we don't have to try to be better than each other? Because just like there's two greatest laws that sum up all the laws, for us, there's really only two places. There's first place. Who do you think gets first place in our lives? God. That's right, God. Hold up your finger, number one. All right, where are you pointing? You're pointing up. God is first place. Now, who do you think, if there's only two places, who gets second place? Well, that's a good answer. So, <laughs> Jesus, God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, are, we'll consider them the one God in three persons, right? So, out of all of us, who gets second place? We all do. Yeah. So, hold up your finger. Number two. All right. So, God is first. We are second. Have you ever done this or seen somebody do this? Yeah. I got my eyes on you. Yeah, that's fun to do, isn't it? I got my eyes on you. So that helps us remember that everyone we see, do this. Hold up two fingers. Now do that. Everyone you see is in second place. So we don't have to try to be better than anyone else because God is first, and then everyone we see is second place, right? So if everyone's second place, then we don't have to try to be better than anyone else. But you know what? Jesus, who is God, right, is first, but he didn't act like a champion, like the like first place, did he? He actually came to serve. He took the lowest place to serve us, and he gave his life for us so that we can love God first, and we can love each other and treat everyone we see as ourselves and love and serve everyone we see. That's pretty amazing, isn't it, that Jesus, who was first, gave up that first place to come and serve us. And so we can do the same thing. We can serve and love everyone we see. So who's first? God. And who do we love and serve? 
everyone we see, right? All right, let's pray. Can you fold your hands and repeat after me? Lord God, you are in first place. Help us to love you most and to love and serve everyone we see. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one The one for whom you loved and gave yourself For humanity, increase my love So help me to love with open arms just like you They will feel the Father's love. 
That song is a beautiful reminder of really the rhythm of how this all works. And communion is another beautiful reminder of this as well. God serves us so that we can ultimately go and serve others. And here at 1C, we believe that this is the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. It's an expression of grace and love and mercy God giving to us so that we would be forgiven and loved so we can go out and love others. And you will hear the Bible verse in the sermon coming up. We love because, anybody know? He first loved us. So it is a beautiful, beautiful rhythm. Uh, let's take time now to profess what we believe about this, about our sin, about our Savior, about this meal, and also how we are to live our lives as we share together this profession. Together, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. Up there, it, it talks about believing in Jesus. And that belief in Jesus is what makes the difference between really heaven and hell between life and death. Jesus Christ gave his life for you and for me so we can have life forever. And may that good news of his love always strengthen you. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of communion, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free. Receive those elements, believing the body and blood of Jesus is there for your forgiveness. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, uh, do so believing that. And if you desire to have either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. Again, may this be a sacred moment where God comes and meets us right where we're at and loves us with his love. Amen.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God.
go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. We praise you for who you are. We are grateful that your faithfulness is unmatched, Lord, and your love is unending. Help us to love with open arms like you do. We offer up these prayers to you. Prayer of praise for baby Oakland, that she is recovering, and we pray for continued healing. We are grateful to our veterans, worthy men and women who gave their best when they were called to serve and protect our country. We pray that you bless them for their unselfish service in the continual struggle to preserve our freedoms, our safety, and our country's heritage for all of us. Lord, bless my wife who had a birthday this Friday and let her know how much I love her and need her in my life. Here's a prayer for a friend leaving SOS. Guide their path, Lord. Lord, open your arms as Rick comes home to you and comfort the Klug family in this difficult time. Prayers of comfort and peace for Kelly and Jessica who are mourning their father's passing. Merciful God, please give my mother relief from her chronic back pain and heal her ulcers. Prayers for my friend Gina, whose father passed away. For my husband's grandmother, who passed recently. May she rest in peace. Lord, please wrap your loving arms around her family as they grieve the loss of the loved one. Prayers for comfort for my Uncle Gus and family with the loss of my Aunt Jackie. Please be with the family of Heath, who passed away from cancer much too young. Please be with the Ramondo family as they say goodbye to their father. Give them comfort in knowing that he's no longer suffering and is rejoicing in heaven with you and reunited with loved ones. Lord, so many hearts are aching as they say goodbye to loved ones. Life changes in the blink of an eye. Give them the comfort and the peace that only you can give. We lift our worries up to you today, Father. We place them in your capable hands and trust you to release the burden of them on our hearts. Replace anxiety and confusion with wisdom and understanding. Let the truth of your word reign true in our hearts and ring loudest in our ears. Please join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, second week of the new series entitled Living Generously. And um, I'm sitting back there and I'm thinking, I know last week I covered it, but I'm going to cover it again. What does the word generous mean? 
just so we have the context here. Showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. So let me say it again. Showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. And uh, if you recall last week uh, when uh, Reuben was here, he gave something that was very special to him. Okay, uh, a Lego set. He was going to give that. He had two other items he was pondering that didn't mean as much to him. But when he thought about it, the generous thing to do was to give something that meant the most to him. And so it looks like he is hard at work getting ready again. So I'm going to come over here and uh, talk with Reuben. And interesting setup, Reuben. I didn't give him really too many instructions. Just get the table ready for party. And um, I, I see the plates. I, I get that. I see um, some mugs to drink. I, I get that. There's some spoons. I've, I've used those before. But I don't think I've ever seen a table set. Here, why don't you hold this? Set with ladles. How many of you have ever sat at a table with ladles that were going to be served, used for you to, to use? At a, this is kind of weird. Reuben, I know I've said that you're weird before, but this is like over-the-top weird. You want to help us understand what you're getting at with putting ladles here? Well, Pastor, the spoons are for serving ourselves, but the ladles are for serving others. Would you all collectively go, ah. Can you help us understand what that means, like spiritually? Well, God serves us, and he wants us to serve others. Now, I could say amen, sermon's over, not a chance. Here you go. <laughs> Thanks again, Reuben. Much simple concept, not always easy. So here we go. The sermon theme, living generously, all right? Living generously, spoons and labels. So now you get the, the imagery, right? A spoon used for us to feed ourselves. But a ladle is to take what we have and to give to others. And that is the rhythm of how God has operated from the very beginning of time. When we look into the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, right? It says in the beginning. Uh, let me show you Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 31. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. So if you would, just go with me back in time, thousands of years, when God is starting to create everything, right? You can go through each one of the days, and you can just see God doing things like separating uh, the land from the water, the sky from the earth, and I mean, just all the different things, and then starting to create birds and all the different things, and then he sets it all up, and he's ready now to create mankind. He says, I will make mankind in my image. And so he does. He makes Adam, and then he makes Eve, and all of the other things were made and prepared for their delight. 
God was serving up to them one thing after another. And maybe today, maybe once in a while, you get a glimpse of that. I hope you do. Maybe you see a sunset, and you can think about who created that sunset. Or I remember when my firstborn, I remember holding her in my arms. And I'm like, wow, look at this. Look what God made. And then I had the same feeling with each one of them. But when you get to number seven, it's like, right? But God wants us to take delight in everything he creates. He forms and fashions and makes and loves. And he serves us. And he doesn't stop. And yet, sometimes we just don't get it. And we don't have to go very far. We don't know how long it took. But after God created Adam and Eve, there was trouble in paradise, literally. There was Adam and Eve in the garden. God had told them, don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, because if you eat from it, you will surely die. Well, all of a sudden, a serpent comes along, introduces an idea, a concept of grabbing from that tree. And as a result of that, things changed. Death entered into the equation. And that beautiful intimacy, that beautiful connection between God and his crowning moment of creation. And I'll even say this. There's something that changed between God and all of his creation. I look at creation today and sometimes there is a distortion. And it's because of this thing called sin. This thing called disobedience. This thing called rebellion. Where we decide to do our own thing and go our own way. And that's what took place. Now God could have said, you know, again, took a step back and said, Adam, Eve, I told you that if you would eat from this, you're going to die. Now you're on your own. Go die. Is that what he did? No. He stepped back into the story. Remember, he pursued them. He found them hiding in the garden. And then he has a conversation with the serpent. And let me uh, walk you through just line by line, because it's really important stuff that we need to understand. So he starts out and says, from, from now on, you and the woman will be enemies. There's, so there's going to be a tension, right? So between the, this woman, Eve, and the serpent and Satan, there's going to be this animosity, this enmity, as some translations will say it. And then it's going to continue. It's going to be really woven into the DNA of life. It is what is going to be a reality for every generation to come. And he says it this way. As will your offspring and hers. And then he says, you will strike his heel. Just a pause there. Picture, if you would, 2,000 years ago. Picture Jesus on the cross. Remember, he was betrayed, arrested, beaten, placed on a cross, he was bruised from all the beatings that he had gone through. He was bloody from the scourging. I mean, it was not a pretty sight. But there's more to those words from Genesis 3.15. Because these last words are what gives us hope. These last words are where God serves up for us the best of all time. And it goes like this. 
but he will crush your head. And you've heard me talk about it. I love the Passion of the Christ movie. I love the one scene in particular. Um, now, again, we don't know how it all played out. You know, we weren't there at the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, but uh, we have Mel, Mel Gibson giving this imagery of this serpent kind of slithering through the garden, all right, making its way around, probably feeling like, okay, I did everything. He's now going to get arrested soon, and everything's going to go... And then the picture is this. The, the Christ figure takes his heel, his foot, and crushes the head. Symbolic, yes. Spiritual, yes. Because what was going to happen in the next couple of days was going to change the course of human history for you and for me. You see, Jesus served himself up to be the ransom to pay for sin. And so when he was dead on the cross, placed into the tomb. Yes, Satan was probably going, woohoo, you know, I did it. And then on the third day, he rose again. And everything changed. So, <clears throat> this idea of God serving is part of who he is. He is always looking for ways to serve you and me. And while we want to think that he is removed because he's up in the heavens, I just want you to know he is so personal that he is with us right here, right now. And he is serving up lots of things. The breath we just took. Maybe the person that's sitting next to you. He serves up to you this church and a place to come and hear God's word. He just keeps on keeping on. That's who he is. He pours out his riches in ways that only he can pour. And you are the object of his love. Don't let anybody tell you differently. He looks at you with so much love that he is not going to hold back anything. He is going to give it all. Now I'm going to share with you a couple quick scriptures that paint the picture. The Apostle Paul and John, both of them get this image. The first one is from 2 Corinthians 8. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Just let that sink in. He allowed himself, he served himself up, became poor, in other words, took on sin, took on death, took on all the yuck, so that you and me can be rich in Christ. And I hope you feel that. I know it's hard at times living in, on this earth with sin all around us. It just, it's tough sometimes. Or how about this is the way John says it. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I purposely chose the translation that uses the word lavish. My guess, you don't use that word much. I don't use it a lot either. But I think it really paints a beautiful picture of this awesome, incredible outpouring that comes from God to you and me. It's a lavishing. It's a pouring upon and pouring upon and pouring upon. And he will not stop. Because like I said, and like the scriptures paint, we are the object of his love. He is going to do everything because he loves us. 
All right. Go a little more um, verses ahead. John says it again this way. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. I, uh, I joke about this sometimes, um, and it's true. I mean, I remember being a 16, 17-year-old, and I meet this gal, you know, named Kristen, and I fall in love with her, right? And I think I know what love is. <laughs> oh, I could, I could tell you story after story after story, and I'm not going to, but I just want you to know I didn't have really a clue but the more and more I get to know Jesus, the more and more I get to know what love is. It's a love that is unlike anything else. And so I want you to hold on to that image for a second. So again, the, the, the creator of the universe, powerful enough to speak into being everything that's there, yet personal enough to know what we need poured into our life. So picture a gigantic ladle for you from God. And he is now serving you with one blessing on top of another. Why? Number one, he loves you. That's, I hope you know that. But there's a number two part. And that's where the second part of verse 16, where John gets into this. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Once again, spoons and ladles being served from God himself, and then serving. Said this last week two times. I'm going to say it again uh, this week two times because I know if you're like me, as human as me, it takes a while to sink in. What we believe about God will dramatically affect our heart. What we believe about God will dramatically affect our heart. And there are questions all the time. And I wish I could say, well, it's just other people that come, you know, they come into my office and they have all these kind of questions about God, right? I'm going to tell you, there are times I even ask the questions. Because I'm struggling with this world I live in. And here are some of those questions I had last week. Does God exist? When I see some of the yuck that's going on in this world today, I ask the question, where are you? Does he care? And how you answer that will dramatically affect your heart. Or how about this one? Is God all-powerful? Is God present everywhere? Is God all-knowing? Is he loving? Now, how you answer those questions and what you believe about God will dramatically affect our heart. Now, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and I really like how it leans in to parts of our world. So, in Proverbs chapter 4, we're told, watch over your heart, 
with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And I'd like to say this. I do believe that the heart is kind of a battleground for lots of different things. You know, Martin Luther, a long time ago, the Bible is so clear on this too. There's a kind of a war that's waging, and often our heart is the place where it wages. And it, it does up in our head too, but right here. And maybe you remember a poem that I learned when I first, first started believing in Jesus. Two natures beat within my breast. One is foul, one is blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. Now, they use the word breast. It really means heart, but it doesn't rhyme with blessed. So you just got to go with me on that. This place, whatever we feed, it will dominate our heart and our lives and our actions and our words. It, it forms us. It shapes us. It makes a difference. When Jesus connects. We had eight weeks looking at the chosen. And here's just a couple snippets of some of those moments that were captured from the Gospels into a little bit of Hollywood stuff. But just, so, just think about some of the people. Mary Magdalene, the, the woman at the well, um, the leper, uh, the miraculous catch of fish. But more than that, a bunch of disillusioned and disappointed fishermen watching the power of God. The wedding at Cana. I mean, there was story after story. You see, when God comes, Jesus, and he connects with people, it encourages their heart and starts shaping their lives. And for me, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful image. Um, I want to tell you a story, and this goes back, I think about 25 years ago, I heard it for the very first time. Maybe some of you have heard this as well. Um, it's a story of a um, husband and wife all excited about giving birth to a child. And as they anticipated the birth of the child, of course, you know, they're going to get everything ready for this birth of a child. And uh, so the day came, and the baby is born, and um, everything is going great, but there is just a little complication. Now, this isn't the actual picture, but just picture this. This is, this is the image. The baby was born without the fleshy part of the ears. And as a parent, you're going to love that baby however they are. But as this child grows up and starts doing the school thing, time and time again, they would come home in tears because somebody, somebody made fun of them. Somebody made them feel less than maybe human. And you could see the ache and the heart of the mom and dad as they were going through it. Well, one time they had a conversation and it was with their doctor and the doctor said, you know, at a certain age, we could address this. And so the parents tried to explain that to the child and they were waiting and waiting and waiting and um, the day came. There, there was a donor. And so the surgery took place and uh, this young man now is getting the fleshy parts of years. Feeling human, feeling normal, feeling like everybody else. Well, fast forward just a little bit longer. 
the dad calls the, the son up and says, your mom died suddenly. We're going to meet at the funeral home. I would like you to come back and, you know, be a part of all this. And the son was ready to. And, and um, so the son gets into town and uh, gets to the funeral home. And the dad meets him at the door. They embrace and there's tears. There's a lot of sorrow going on. And the dad said, do you want to you see mom? And the son is just all just emotional. And the answer is yes. So they walk up closer. And then the dad says, we never wanted to tell you. But I want to show you now, now how much your mom loves you. And mom had this really bushy red hair and it covered her neck all the way down. And, and so the dad reaches down and pulls the hair aside and there were no fleshy parts. She had donated her fleshy parts for him. To me, I, that's, that's a special kind of love. Now, 25 years ago, I mean, I, it was even yesterday I Googled it and looked the story up, and yeah, something like this happened, and I don't know what year it was, but the kind of love that God has, he doesn't just give ears. He gives his life. He gives everything for you and for me so we can have life forever. And he gives that to you so that you would share that with others. And I'm not sure um, what that is. Uh, there was a, a video I wanted to show, and it was a, a video of a, I think she was a four-year-old, who decided to get her hair cut short and then send the hair off, you know, to an organization that will give hair to children that have cancer and stuff. And, you know, just a beautiful video. Or maybe there's other stories you've heard in your life. But here's where I want to ask. What story is being written in your life today when it comes to serving? And it could be the person that you're sitting next to now. It could be somebody that you're going to meet this week. What are you doing with what God has given you. You know, this verse um, from the song we're going to sing, and we're going to get going here. I just want you to hear these, these words. This is from the Sidewalk Prophets. Am I proof that you are who you say you are, that grace can really change our heart? Do I live like your love is true? People pass, and even if they don't know my name, is there evidence that I've been changed, when they see me, do they see you? John would say it this way. We love because he first loved us. I've said before, you cannot give what you do not have. 
So I hope you realize how much God has loved you, how much he has given you, how much he keeps on giving because he's not done yet. He's going to keep pouring out in your life time and time again his love. And then what do you do with that? What do you do? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again. Your, um, your perfect love is unmatched by anything that we could do or this world can do. But in a very remarkable way, you have given us this love and you, you've asked us now to go love others. And at times, we're at loss in how to do it. That's why we're going to lean on you and your Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct us. May we be faithful to you. In your name we pray, amen. If you would stand, I'd like to share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory, when I'm home where my soul belongs? Was I loved when no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song?
To the small town barber, everybody in the dark place. Yeah. Crying tears like a river runs. No umbrella and you're caught in the rain. Running low on faith, can I get an amen? This is for when life is coming at ya. Hands up, here's your anthem. If you're having a hard day, uh, ain't no way you're giving up. With all the negativity, yeah. Don't forget you can shut it off. Yeah. And trying to catch your mind when it runs. Easier said than done. Can I get an amen? amen? This is where life is coming at you. Hands up. Here's your
Listen patiently as long as it takes And you whisper truth over the lies The words that bring me back to life Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright You hold me Till my storm is calm Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright You are the strength When I am weak The only one sold a perfect peace and I will sing my way through the night the words that bring me back to life everything's gonna be Yes, I believe you're working all things for my good. You're working all things for my
Yeah. 